Well, hello, planet Earth and beyond, and happy Friday. We made it, people. Weekend's just about here. Just remember, it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, which is in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant and a friend to small and medium-sized businesses, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders, helping out wherever I can. As consultatively as possible, I love to share stories, I love to provide perspective, I love to create connection. Every single Friday, you can find me here lending what's left of my mind and my voice to a live radio show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. Before we get moving today, I just wanted to say Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. I actually heard a new acronym this week, T-O-T-B-S, which stands for Turkey on the Brain Syndrome. It describes how SMBs and their employees feel once we're in striking distance of Thanksgiving. Everyone's ready to cut loose, get together with friends and family, have some cocktails, have some food. I'm very excited to be hosting Thanksgiving for the family for the first time in six years. Aunts, uncles, and cousins are coming from all over the place. It's going to be awesome to see how the updated pictures look of all the kids six years later. Should be a relatively different story. Uh, In addition, I'm also looking forward to eating a significant amount of delicious food, and sporting my Joey Tribbiani-style Thanksgiving pants for maximum comfort. In my travels, I've noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday, right about when we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend, myself included, my special guests included, that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked, they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Coincidentally, my last name means free in German. So not just to play on words here, people. There's a little bit of deeper meaning. We do like to think around here. The shades are on. The weekend's here. Turkey on the brain syndrome's in full effect. Let's rock out. Today's show is all about what's your freaking point? A corporate mentalist is able to tailor a performance to deliver a specific brand message. As an example, they can incorporate the company's slogan or motto into their performance. They can also invite valued employees, the CEO, close partners as featured participants in an awesome group activity. A good mentalist teaches folks the value of not what you're saying, but how you're saying it. SMBs must understand the importance of strong leadership and powerful communication, especially in these times that we're all living in. Sometimes that comes in the form of helping the organization develop an impactful unifying vision statement and really helping the SMBs communicate not just the what, but the why behind it. Have you guys ever heard the talk is cheap? I know I have. While we're on talkradio.nyc, we don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the SMB landscape Take it over the weekend and create some more impact come Monday morning. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve their problems. The shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, the magic bullet, the new app. One consistent thing I've seen out there is that products change every single day and everything we do. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first, keeping focus on the process that will help you get to your goal. You do that, the right products will be there when you need them, I promise. Everything begins and ends with the people. So... We have a hell of a person here to talk to you, talk with you today. Uh, our special guest is none other than Joe Cursillo, a.k.a. The Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist, speaker, author, strategist. He does it all. 
Joe Cursillo, the mind shark, part-time mind reader, part lawyer, and wholly wanting to others to be happy and successful, Joe understands the importance of strong leadership and powerful communication. He can assist to help you develop your unifying vision. That's what his career has been all about, honing communication skills to become an effective trial lawyer and explaining complex legal issues to juries. This taught him how to communicate with people from all walks of life and develop a greater understanding of human behavior to create a unifying vision. Joe graduated from college with a degree in civil engineering and enabled the ability to plan strategically and thoroughly to help organizations throughout, throughout the world, really. Attending law school made Joe analytical and a tad direct. Uh, this made his entertainment business as a magician, then as a mentalist and humorist, quite interesting. Sacrificing a sense of humor, even during the most serious of courtroom presentations, was absolutely never an option. So Joe was a prosecutor for the first decade of his career and a criminal defense lawyer the remaining two decades of the legal career, managing his own mid-sized law firm. The late 90s delivered Joe to the Thought Emporium to provide services to the community and improve communication skills and mindsets for corporations, associations, and charities. He served as president of two school boards, president of a bar association, and in varying capacities with many other committees, committees charitable organizations, and, and especially in the world of nonprofits, 501c3s, 4s, and 6s. He's done it all. As Joe engaged in these endeavors, he learned the importance of defining goals clearly to get things done. Second to that, to be effective, meetings and learning sessions don't have to be boring. As a law school professor, Joe found that boredom led to email reading, text messaging, and grocery lists. So Joe decided to merge his skills as a professional mentalist and entertainer into every meeting he holds. The ability to read people and understand human behavior fueled him with fun and laughter and made accomplishing the tasks fun. He would ask, what would you do if you could read minds? Don't say go to Las Vegas because the buffets will ruin you. I love that. In late 2017, Joe prepared to close his law firm and questioned whether he was closing things up at the right time. And Fade answered, he received a plaque declaring him to be one of the 10 best trial lawyers in Pennsylvania, but also received an honor as one of the top mentalists in the world. And realized, since he was at the top of both games, decided to quit law, he can now share his lifelong journey to assist others in achieving their dreams and have a blast doing it. Joe's published two books, including Getting to Us, Discover the Ability to Lead Your Team to Any Result You Desire, and What's Your Freaking Point? How to Maximize the Impact of Every Word You Speak. Also, in early 2019, he released Don't Be a Hamster, 30 Tips to Spark the Imagination of Busy People to Assist Others in Balancing Work and Happiness in Their Lives. Hell of a bio there. Joe is the man. I can't wait for you guys to hear some of his stories. As always, we're going to discuss my favorite questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play? You guys probably have some guesses if you're watching Facebook Live. Uh, straight out of PA, here he is, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist, and quite possibly the most interesting man in the world. Joe, welcome to Always Friday. It's so awesome to have you here. It is awesome to be here, man. How are you today? Good? Love and life, baby. I was looking forward to this for so long. Your intro has me scared. I, I, I'm sitting here <laughs> going, I don't know if I can live up to who I have been portrayed to be. Um, I'm just a guy with ADD and OCD moving forward on planet Earth doing as much as I can. <laughs> ADD and OCD. Nice combo. I love it. And so Actually, it's CDO. They're in alphabetical <laughs> order that way, and I'm much more comfortable, Steve. 
Oh, I like COD. Cash on delivery is good for me. So let's talk a little bit about your journey because as people can probably ascertain from your bio, it's an extent extensive one. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Well, you know, I jokingly said ADD. I when I was younger, they they used to call us hyperactive children. That was a code phrase we had. And um, my mom was a great lady who told me I could be anything I wanted to be in the world. She told me I was smart. I was intelligent. I was good looking. I could be anything I wanted as long as it was a lawyer. So <laughs> I knew growing up that that's where I was destined to go. And uh, in the summer of 1982, man, um, on Monday, I received a letter in the mail telling me that I had passed my engineering training exam. I was able to become a professional engineer in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Tuesday, I received a letter that told me I was accepted to Temple University School of Law. I could be a, go to law school and be a lawyer. And on Wednesday, I received a letter accepting me for an interview at Ringling Brother and Barnum and Bailey Clown College. Yes! Thursday was the longest day in my mother's life. And I chose the career that would give me the most experience with clowns. I became a lawyer. Absolutely. I moved forward into law, and all I ever wanted to do was try cases. Uh, I tried cases. Literally, I was in court sometimes for weeks on end. It's what I wanted to do. It's actually how I met my wife, who was a trial lawyer, and now she is a judge. Um, but the mission stayed the same. I wanted to become involved in people's lives. Getting into the courtroom was my way of, as a prosecutor, as a defense lawyer, it didn't matter. I felt like I was working with people and getting something done. And at the same time, my obsession with communication skills developed because I realized there was things I had to explain to juries. And the turning point on that, and I guess the birth of what's your freaking point, um, in my life was back in the 80s, I had a criminal charge I had looked at and I take it to the jury and it was propulsion of missiles into an occupied vehicle. <laughs> and I looked at that and I thought, wow, the legislature wrote that great title. Oh, he threw a snowball through a window of a car on the overpass. <laughs> and I realized somebody had to explain this stuff to juries or they weren't going to understand any of it. Um, so I really took to heart the idea of remaining a human, keeping my English plain and simple. And as I always say, I took my street talk into a courtroom to talk to jurors so I could get them all united. And now we're switching into the next part of my life, which was the focus on getting the jury to accept my vision of the verdict, what I saw it was going to be. And that's where the unifying vision concept came for me. And I lived with those for years and, uh, it wasn't until I started to wrap up my career as a lawyer that I published the books that I had written in my head throughout my entire life. So that is the journey that brings me here. Um, the mentalism, I will add in, was I was a magician as a kid. I did magic shows for years, even when I was in trial. I always tell people in 1992, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I performed 42 magic shows and did one jury trial in that window because it's what I love doing, but it also burned me out. And that's when I started to shift and became a mentalist because frankly, I found out mentalism was much more fun for me, cooler, and well, it pays better people, so expect it. <laughs> 
Yep. So moving moving right along, the idea of moving into this space and almost like winning over the jury in the courtroom is and getting engagement from folks has to be a similar feeling. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from this break. We're going to talk more with Joe Cursillo, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist. Stay with us, everybody. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my buddy, Joe Cursillo, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist. We were just talking a little bit about Joe's metamorphosis from the legal world into being a full-time mentalist. And it was it, he shared the idea of getting the jury to understand his vision of the verdict. And a lot of times that led to a very successful outcome. Seemed like a very natural transition, actually, to move that into helping businesses and helping individual leaders really find what their unifying vision statement can be. So if you guys sit, sit with me out by the fire pit for a moment before we dive into the method behind Joe's madness, you know, I love the idea of a unifying vision statement. And it does start with effective communication to me. Most of you guys know that I like movies and TV. Talk about it a fair amount here. But all I could think of when I was uh, getting ready to, to talk with Joe here today is the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when Steve Martin's blasting John Candy. It's like, oh, here's a good idea. When you tell your stories, have a point. And very often when we're out there and, and speaking with people out in the field, and I, I get a very similar feeling to that, to that movie. A vision statement is a powerful thing. And a lot of folks still don't really have it. And when you're a business, it's one thing to have a, a vision written down, your goals written down, but there should be some very serious thought 
as to why it's your vision and how your partners and colleagues can share it with you again all about all about the people first really and it is okay to ask for help with something like a unifying vision statement and it also illustrates the idea that the closer you are to something the harder it can be to communicate it with other people getting some help from someone like joe Cursillo, the mind shark can help you get clear on the vision and the messaging so joe Talk to us a little bit about the method behind the madness. What are you doing these days? How are you doing it? How are you going to market for it? Lay it on us. Sure. I mean, let's put it this way. Obviously, starting off, I wrote books. I mean, that's the first way into the market. Now, it's a chance for me if I can meet with people and work with them. What I want them to look at is, and I guess I call it the, the method is, reevaluate who you are, what you look like to your teams how do your people see you if we look at this from a outside 30,000 foot view everyone is worried about how does their product their company their uh, image what do they look like to the outside world everybody wants to look good for their customers everybody wants to look good for the people that are going to buy from them sure sometimes we forget that looking good for the people that work for us, the people that are part of our team, making sure they understand who we are and we they understand what their role is in the business. That's more important to me because I always say that if you look at companies, and I'm going to use an example because it's one of my favorites, is Martin Guitar. You go to the Martin Guitar factory and there's tour guides. They will take you through the guitar factory and tell you how great the product is how great the guitars are but they're not tour guides they're actually people that work in the factory who sign up for an opportunity to be a tour guide because they're so proud of what they do and they are the best marketing tool that company has because when you're done you feel like there's love in the product and you want to be a loyal customer And that is the goal. So how many of your people, if you got rid of all of your advertising, how many of your people in your business could go out on the street and make you look the way you want to look because they love you that much? That is what we need. We need that. So the unifying vision is what brings all your people together so they find their meaningful purpose and make you look good, make your product look good, and make your business rock and roll forward. Oh man, I have goosebumps. It sounds so good. So I I love the thoughts. I love the approach. I'm looking on your site, Joe. I saw something else, and and it you know a lot of times when I see stuff like this, it it reminds me of the idea of the method behind the madness. You had four things listed. You said memorable, clean, fun, and engaging. And these really hit home with me because I had two words that I wanted to govern my life this year: differentiation and gamification. So if I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. And that's something that a lot of times people overlook, but the memorable, that that plays into the whole differentiation piece a lot. So talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah, you know, you're taking that from my website and that is my message going out to people to bring me in to speak to their organization and speak as a speaker at their events. And my best description that I use and Um, My marketing people came up with a memorable, clean, fun, and engaging. 
But here's what it really is to me, okay? Yes. I want to walk on stage and, and actually back up for a minute. Have you ever been to a convention, a conference, or an event where a speaker takes the stand and they start talking and they're just fun? You're laughing your butt off. You spill your coffee because you're laughing so hard. And then you knock your sugar powder donut on your neighbor's lap and they brush it off because they're having a great time. Everybody's having fun. Nobody's getting insulted. And then the next day, everybody is talking about that that they saw and they're telling everyone how much fun they had. But oh my God, they were so engaged that they actually learned things. That's what I do for a living. Yeah, baby. I'm the guy that wants you to knock over your coffee laughing when I'm on stage. That would make me happy. <laughs> yeah, I, that is. That's how I deliver it. It's 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 almost like it's it's the happy accident of learning. It's you're you're having so much fun and so much engagement with friends, colleagues, and whoever's speaking on stage. It's just you can't you can't help but but remember the, the lessons that are being taught. So I I love that idea, and I I do share your sentiment that. You know, it doesn't have to feel like a morgue when you're in some of these conferences or continuing education or, or company meetings or town halls or whatever it is. There's so much fun that could be had with that. And see, I actually work comedy clubs on just to keep fresh, you know, where there's no content because I want to make sure I know how to have fun. That's the goal. Because <laughs> if I'm not having fun, man, I'm done. Yeah. And the, I, you and I definitely share that side of it. So what, what was this thing that you were, you're talking about with the don't be a hamster? 30 ways to speak the, uh, the imagination of, of busy people. Uh, that was an accidental book. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, this book, and I actually, uh, it's, uh, it's funny. I'm sitting here going, I have a copy of it right here. This book was an accident. Um, I wrote the other two books. I was meeting with my editor jason and he he looked at me and he made a comment to me about i'm really not sure how you handled staying sane being a lawyer all those years representing <laughs> really evil horrible people um which i did i represented some of the worst people you can imagine and the question was how did i stay sane and i i produced a list and i showed him a little notebook and it was all of the rules that i followed in my life to make sure I didn't get caught up in the hamster wheel and shoot up and spit out by the system so that I would become what I called the boring, lazy, ugly lawyer that people see. I wanted to be more fun than that. I wanted to be human. This list is what I followed. Jason looked at me and said, well, there's a lot in there. If you can cut that down to about 30, we have a book. Wow. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> so I edited all my thoughts down and they went into that book. And by the way, it is a, I call it a beautiful bathroom reader because it's real easy and it's got <laughs> pictures and little tiny words. And <laughs> there's not a whole lot of thought into it, but there's thought after it. That's what I want people to do. And it looked like I could even engage my kids with that, if I'm not mistaken. I get notes all the time from people who said, my kids love your book, you know, and, um, I think that's awesome because some of these tips are just basic. Um, yeah. How I survived, man. That's how I got through life. Yeah. The, 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 the more vintage I get, I look and, you know, raising my kids and everything, I look at some of the, the topics of, of fun types of education that they could really use that are lacking out there. And financial literacy has always been one just in the industries that I've been wrapped up in, but 
effective communication is probably the next biggest one. Absolutely. Um, And I'm going to say, people are learning how to communicate differently. Um, We look at some of the communication skills that people have, and they're as valuable as text messages. And what happens is people need to understand it's not what you say, it's what the other person hears. Yes. Yes. You can say anything you want. I don't care what I'm saying right now. I'm just hoping you're hearing it right. That's my whole role. Yeah, and the and the idea of being a little bit more self aware too is 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 all piece of that. And I've I've seen some examples of that vividly firsthand, and especially in the last couple of months, you know, folks that it, it's like it's it's almost like they have to cram every bit of knowledge into into one discussion with with somebody just to make sure that they under the person on the other side of the table is like, oh, this guy's really really smart. And I I don't I just don't think people understand sometimes how how much of a negative impact that can have sometimes you agree absolutely i mean i look at it this way i'd rather sit around and have fun with people yeah because i learn more about them that way um it's not you know i'm not the smartest person on earth i admit to that i have a lot of smart people that i work with it's just a matter of i've been through a lot so i share stories and I know how I got here. And I watch people that are struggling to say, and I, I don't mean to be rude, but I watched a speaker the other day talking about how much they knew about something. And I'm sitting there looking, going, you've never lived through that. <laughs> never, you're not convincing me you're smart because your story, there's no heart to it. You know, and for me, it's, hey, you know, well, you know I always tell people, 2008, ran a title insurance company, $35,000 in payroll and $12 in the account when the market crashed. You know, it's just, you live it. It's life. And although I know your mind reading skills are superb, sometimes it doesn't always take a mind reader to see through a lot of that, where something is scripted and rehearsed. Like, I love the idea of thinking that life is not scripted. And I, I actually did a training a little while back about you know, if 2020 taught us anything, it was that. Yeah. So it's it's really difficult to script something that didn't happen. Is have the experience or share the story about the experience with someone who had it. Yeah, I mean, just and, and embrace it. I don't care if it's good or bad or indifferent. Just embrace it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna take we're we're gonna take a quick break here, but love the story. Love where we're going. We're gonna be right back with Joe Carcillo, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalists. Stay with us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my buddy, Joe Cursillo, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist, retired attorney, speaker, author, strategist. He does it all. Magician. Don't you also do hypnotism, too? Yes, but I don't do that professionally in full. That's just a hobby. Actually, I had a question. Can you can you do it via Zoom, like hypnotize me into start, like, you know, quacking like a duck in the middle of the show here? Because I don't know if that's a good idea. I already have. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, yes I, master i've never tried it over <laughs> so we were talking a little bit before the break about you know some of the stories that that we have but also that other folks have out there when they have the genuine experience and you know often there'll be speakers that get up at conferences or on stage and you know talk about something that it doesn't sound as genuine and it sounds like you, they might not have necessarily had that exact experience. So, you know, Joe, somebody specializing in getting a unifying vision statement out there on behalf of businesses, their leaders, their employees, you know, it's really important to share these types of things. So very apropos for the segment, as we get into the madness, now that we've talked a little bit about the method. So he, at this point, we'd like to talk a little bit about the artistic observational stuff that you have. You have a lot of stories from the field, no subject to, to taboo, anything goes. Give us a little bit of the, some of the madness that, that, you've, that you've seen in your travels. I'm sure there's, there's some great stories. Uh, I, I'll tell you, one, one of my favorite stories of what I call an observation, a learned observation. And I'm going to start by telling you, I was a juvenile judge for 10 years. I presided over juvenile cases. And I, I, I tell the story all the time because it was one of the most powerful ones I've ever seen. Um, I was in court with a young man and Kenny was his name. And Kenny was charged with some serious crimes, horrible crimes. Started when he was about 13. And I saw him every six months because in the juvenile system, you get reviewed every six months to see if you should stay in prison. So what that normally means is people come in and act nice in front of a judge. No, Kenny came in every six months and told me to go F off, yelled at me, cursed at me, and I sent him back every six months. Right before he turned 21, I, I said, Kenny, 
I don't care what you're going to say to me because the bottom line is the juvenile system is going to let you free at 21. And either you're going to go become an inmate in a, the adult prison or you're going to be a father and a husband and you're going to do good. I don't know which. I don't care. Take them away. They took Kenny away. He cursed me out, by the way, on the way out of the courtroom. It was a scene. About six years later, I'm in my office and my Betty, my assistant, calls me and says, hey, Joe, can you come down here? There's somebody named Kenny to see you. Uh-oh. I don't remember Kenny. It's been years, you know, all these juveniles. I don't remember Kenny. I come down the steps. I walk into my lobby. And there's Kenny. I, I knew I was going to die, man. It was like my life is over. So I immediately took him into the conference room because I didn't want my office manager dying. Well, if it was my prior office manager, I might have stayed in the lobby, but I didn't, I didn't want Betty dying. So I took Kenny into the conference room. We walk into the conference room and I said to him, what do you want? And right away, Kenny reaches into his overcoat. And I thought, oh hold my breath. My phone's in my hand. I'm like, what am I going to do next? And he pulls out a piece of paper and a photo. And I looked at him and he said, look, and he showed me this photo. And I said, who's that? And he goes, it's the woman I'm marrying on Saturday. Would you come to the wedding? Wow. And I looked at Kenny and I said, Kenny, whoa, pack up, man. What's happened in your life? What has brought you here? Because now I'm not going to die. So I'm willing to talk <laughs> to him. And I said, what's going on? And he looked at me and said, Mr. Grisillo, I spent my entire juvenile years in juvenile detention, and you were the only person that ever gave me a choice. And I looked at him and I said, what did I do? And he told me, you said, I'm either going to go to prison or I'm going to be a father and a husband. And I said, I, and he goes, that's what you told me. Everyone else told me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You gave me a choice. I want you to be there. I made the right choice. Wow. I realized the freedom of choice. Kenny chose to be part of the human race. He chose to be an adult. He chose to be a father. It was a decision he made because I didn't know I gave him the choice, but I gave him one. And at that moment, what I realized was I needed to give people more choices because if you give them a choice, they'll choose the right path. And to me, that was one of the most magnificent lessons I learned. I didn't have to learn that I was um, going to die from bullet holes. Instead, Kenny learned and life was good. Um, we stayed in touch for a long time. I lost touch with him when he moved out of the area, but it was funny because it was the power of choice, how magnificent that is. So, what, an impa- what an impactful story. And uh, I, I, I also share the sentiment that it's you know, people are always looking at it's even him saying it to you. It's like everybody told me what to do, when to do it, how to be a product of society. Yeah. But you taking the people first type of approach, which obviously tugs at my heartstrings. That, that's that's an unbelievable story. It's the people in your business, they don't want to be told what to do. Tell them what's going on. Tell them what your vision is. Make them be a part of it. And by the way, sometimes people don't want to be a part of it. Maybe they shouldn't be there. Secret. Mm-hmm. You know? But the truth is, if they want to be there, let them carry it. Let it be their choice to further your mission because then it furthers theirs. 
And that choice is one of the most valuable things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the freedom and the power of choice I consider to be very powerful as well. Going back to the ADD side of things, I feel like very often we have too many choices these days, but it's, it, it, it does, it's, it's nice to have choice. It's nice to have that, that type of freedom. Wow. I, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm floored, uh, almost as floored as I was when I saw the rest of your office yesterday. Uh, by the way, do, do you play all those guitars or no? No, they're show pieces. If I played them all, I might get good. That would be scary. <laughs> I never so, you know, what, I, I've, I've been to a lot of conferences as well and listened to a lot of keynote speakers, a lot of breakout room speakers. I've run breakouts and I, I love the idea of trying to keep it fun and engaging. You know, talk to us a little bit about you know, some of the work that you've done there. And, and if you've seen other people that have struggled with it, trying to do something that's scripted and not genuine, have, have you tried to work with, with them as well and try to kind of make it a little bit more fun? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let me say this, I've worked with a number of CEOs and business leaders to help them communicate and deliver their message. Um, so not talking about other paid speakers, but looking at going to events where I have to speak. And, you know, it's funny, a couple of years ago, I had to speak in an event and the CEO said to me, I really don't want to follow you. And I said to him, well, then don't hire me. And he just chuckled and said, I already did. So I actually talked to him for a little bit and taught him how to present his message better so that he had more confidence on stage. Because what I realized is he got it. He knew his message. He knew his people. He's just scared of the microphone. So we, we took some time and I found some people in his life that he could relate to from school and college and business. And I had him channel those people when he spoke um, and it worked out real well. So, you know, yes, I've seen some people who have struggles for me. Uh, my wife always says that if uh, she knew that I'd be that happy holding a Shure 58 microphone, she would have bought me one as a wedding present years ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm very comfortable standing on stage. It is what makes me happy. So for me to do it, it's, I want to, I, what I want people to do, let me just say this, when I'm on stage, I don't care if you listen to me, I care if you think about what I say, that's all. If you get distracted and you get ADD because I said something that's making you think, that's awesome. <laughs> My goal is to make people think, trust themselves, find their better instincts, and get things done. That's really what this is about. Has there been a moment when you've been speaking to a crowd, large or small, where you know, somebody just leapt up after, after I, I just see being so energized and just laughing my ass off and just being so happy in, in, in a, in the type of session that you would, you would be running, you know, like to, to give us one of those stories of somebody who came up to you and told you a story about how you, how you impacted them. And, you know, besides them spilling their coffee and possibly peeing their pants. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go to the mentalism side of the house because that's where this stuff occurs is I had a woman on stage and uh, I had her think about the first boyfriend she ever had. And she's thinking about this guy that she had a crush on. And um, I talked to her for a few minutes and I basically revealed the guy's first name. And she went haywire. <laughs> uh, couldn't believe I knew the first name. Shook, got all excited and left stage. 
And I was in, uh, actually, I was in uh, outside of Peoria. Um, I think, I can't remember the town. Might have been, it was in around Peoria. That's all I know, because that was my hotel. So whatever. The point is, she leaves stage. I finish my speech and show. At the very end of it, this guy who looked like somebody from ZZ Top comes walking up to me and says, I'm the bartender here. And I go, yeah. And he goes, that was my wife. I've never seen her that happy. Here's a bottle of Jack Daniels for your hotel room. And I just went, score! Winning! It was so funny. Apparently she went back in the audience and starts telling her husband all these stories about how much great this guy was and how the memories of those days. And this guy's like, dude, you make my wife happy. Here's a bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, and by the way, then I got snowed into the same hotel. I got snowed into the hotel for three days. Thank God I had Jack Daniels. <laughs> and if I can tell one other story that um, I had a woman thinking of somebody in her life that I just said to her, pick somebody in your life that you've always felt connected to. And um, this is where I call I call it body language. I had her thinking of the person. And she's sitting on stage and I turned and looked at her and she was smiling, but I watched tears forming in her eyes. And when I approached her, I put my hand on her shoulder and literally felt her melt when I touched her. And I realized she was in another place. And it was the weirdest thing because the entire audience didn't really know what was going on. And I tell people, if they paid attention to her, they would have saw what I saw, which was a tear forming in her eyes. And all of a sudden, I went off microphone, looked at her and said, is the person you're thinking of dead? And she said, yes. Yeah. I said, should I continue? And she said, please. And I turned the microphone back on. And it turned out that her son had committed suicide three months before the show. And that's who she was thinking of. And her and I spent about an hour together after the show um, because I felt so bad about it. But the body language to me, and that's what I tell people, really watch people. I really watched her and I saw it. It wasn't mind reading. It was pure body language of fear. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt it. I felt it coming on as soon as you were talking about it, but that's, also very impactful and listen mo motion creates emotion you know so it's getting uh even if it's something that could be a sore subject in the recent past it's it sounds like you made a genuine connection there and that's what the, mo the most awesome product of all is is to create connection yeah we're gonna take a quick break but we'll be right back with the mind shark himself joe Cursillo, joe Cursillo, america's premier corporate mentalist What's everybody Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my buddy Joe Cursillo, the Mind Shark, America's premier corporate mentalist. Uh, don't forget, everybody, if you enjoy conversations around entrepreneurship, small, medium-sized businesses, etc., stay with TalkRadio.myc for the twelve o'clock Eastern Time show, the Entrepreneurial Web with Jeremiah Fox. He's the man bound to pick up some pearls of wisdom. But back to Joe, the mind shark, we're going to take things home with Joe's message. The whole idea, we want to take away some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. People are going to have some cocktails. They're going to watch football this weekend. But what can we give everybody that they can really harness and put into effect come Monday morning? Lay it on us, baby. You know, at the end of the week, we all love it. We look forward to it. You know, Friday night, I'll be having cocktails like everybody. But, you know, when you're a small business owner or you're a CEO or you're a corporate leader, you're not going to forget the fact that there's things you forgot to do this week. You know you're going to forget. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Before you go out and have your cocktail, scribble on a piece of paper as much as you can remember about what you forgot to do this week. And then enjoy your weekend. Sunday night, set aside an hour, pick up that list of things you forgot to do, and don't make another list. Put them in your calendar for certain days of the week and hold those things as appointments. Because that way, you're going to keep the appointment. It's an appointment with yourself. Yeah, it's going to be really easy to want to cancel it. I've done the same thing. Okay, I'm going to cancel the appointment with Joe. Joe, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but see, don't play that game. Just keep the appointment. And that way you can get through the weekend knowing it's scheduled to be done. And you can get more done because you were effective and you kept it out. And if something comes to you over the weekend, shoot yourself a text, add it to the list. But worry about scheduling it on Sunday night before you go to bed or before you watch Succession or something. <laughs> exactly. I, it's something that I've no doubt struggled with. A lot of folks out there that I've interviewed and hung out with over the years have struggled with time management, scheduling, making things non-negotiable activities. It, it is difficult, but it's you, you can't do it. There's only 24 hours in a day. I keep trying to invent the 35-hour day. At least it's not working so far. 
but uh it's it's it, it the, the more you can kind of capture it and the more it's the whole idea of doing something an hour maybe two if you can spare it on late on sunday just to kind of organize your thoughts i find a lot of value in i haven't been so good about disciplining it for myself but i, I do find a lot of value in it and steve the trade-off is because if you're not worrying about it all weekend if you're just making quick notes you can enjoy your weekend and having that freedom is going to give you a much more better kick in the ass for monday morning so, you know, since we talked a lot today about, you know, people getting to the point, effectively communicating, putting together a unifying vision statement, everybody out there has got a little bit of a different take on on what a vision statement really is and what comprises it. Give us some something simple that people can can kind of think about over the weekend because I do think there's some ways to really simplify that where it often gets overcomplicated. I'll give you the two simplest images I can. Please. Amazon and Apple. Amazon, Bezos's vision was to be the best in customer service. That meant it was what I call a horizontal vision. He just knew he was going to grow out into every market he could and have the best in customer service and customer satisfaction. And it allowed for him to encompass the world. And, well, now apparently beyond, as he <laughs> Exactly. The point is, it allowed him to expand. Apple, on the other hand, was started with a different premise. They wanted to be the greatest and best in one thing. They chose a vertical path, and they aimed for the top. They created everything their own so that they could get there. So we look at those two and ask yourself, and I say it, they're big. The bigger your vision is, the more scared of it you are, the happier I am, and the happier you will be. So just keep in mind, you want to go big, you want to go up. What is your vision? How far do you want to reach? And I hope the sky's the limit. Love it. Love it. Two very big perspectives out there in the marketplace that everybody can relate to. But, you know, the the stories behind it and the why is what makes it go around. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us here today. Love it. If you guys want to get in touch with Joe, you could always text SMB guy to 21000. You'll get my contact info. You can email me at smbguy at alwaysfriday.com. Uh, if you Google Joe Cursillo, I promise you, you will find him out there in a multitude of forums. But before we let you go for the day, we are going to share with everybody the answers to the questions that I asked, asked you. So who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? So without further ado, Joe's favorite TV show character, and I love this because I'm a big Sopranos fan and everyone tends to go with Tony, is Silvio Dante. <laughs> So Silvio is the consigliere, the right-hand man to Tony Soprano, for those of you who haven't watched The Sopranos yet, and please, right after the show is over, go watch The Sopranos. Silvio, childhood friend of Tony's, his original career plan, this is something I didn't know actually, Joe, was to be a professional singer, but his dream never materialized. You know, maybe if he had some uh, motivation with you, it might have, been, might, might have helped him out. But despite this, Silvio maintained a connection to show business through the ownership of numerous clubs in North Jersey over the years and backing the young starlets who came up through his clubs, a job that you know sounds fun all in and of itself, right, Joe? Yeah, and, you know, organized. He knew what was going on. Loved them. Yep. Yep. And uh, like, like I told you, I do like to join my guests in these little pictures that I have here. So we uh, don't, don't know if we need to be so overstated. So Joe's favorite movie... 
is Casablanca. Cynical expatriate American cafe owner struggles to decide whether or not to help his former lover and her fugitive husband escape the Nazis in French Morocco. You look pretty good as Bogey. Yeah, it scares me, actually. That's bizarre. <laughs> it's, some people are, are freaked out a little bit you know, by this, but by and large, it's, it's smiles and laughs and engagement. And I just sometimes there's, there's some good meaning behind some of them, too. Like, you're a show business type of guy. Talking about Silvio? Great. Bringing to mind my South Philly word, a skeeve. It kind of skeeves me a little, but it's okay. <laughs> well, we'll always have Paris, Joe. Yes, we will. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, again, Joe's favorite instrument are the artists he'd like to hear play it. So, originally, I asked Joe this question. He goes, oh, well, obviously, it's the guitar, which those of you folks watching out there at Facebook Live Land, it's probably not a stretch of the imagination. But he's like, I, I got about 30 guitarists that I, would, uh, that I would rattle off. I can't really decide. So, I was like, right, I don't know if I quite have time for 30. Might, everyone might get, get, a little, get a little restless with it, but... Uh, he gave me a couple of them, and some of them are popular answers here, but we did have a couple of outliers. So so Eric Clapton, obviously, big favorite, and uh, there's me drumming behind you. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, which has probably been the most popular answer of everybody out there. And, yeah, I got, I got a couple of good snapshots of Jimmy, but there, there's my favorite. Carlos Santana, I think I, I got that one other time. And love, love Carlos Santana, love his style, love his music. And uh, I will join you on stage as Rob Thomas. That's no problem. I can do that. <laughs> but then the one that I was not expecting at all, and the one that is most interesting to see Joe's face on this body, is Kerry King from Slayer. Where did, that, that, was, that, was an, it, that was an interesting one that I wasn't expecting. Tell, tell me about that one for a second. Okay, okay. And first of all, it's just I like every facet of guitar and different styles. Um, Kerry King's Slayer style is a different style, and I appreciate it. And I guess I picked Kerry for that whole genre because I had a chance to meet with him and hang out with him a couple years ago and thought he was an awesome dude. And, and it, by the way, incredible businessman. Amazing business. Hmm. Um, but his guitar playing in that genre, I believe, is second to none. Because he awesome. is heavy trash metal. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love the stories. Love it all. Joe, thank you so much for joining me once again. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, coming up after Thanksgiving, I'm not going to be around next week. going to be hanging with the family. But we're going to be talking about employee benefits for everyone with my buddy Tommy Gaffney, Vice President of National Sales at Evolve Benefits, San Diego, California. Tommy and his colleagues not only help SMB leaders provide top-notch employee benefits to all industries and niche businesses, they also partner with insurance professionals nationwide to bring the right strategy and solution to their clients. Until then, thank you guys for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to go after the yams myself. We will see you guys after Thanksgiving on Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, after Tommy Dion Philanthropy in focus. Have a great weekend. Happy holidays, everybody.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life hi i'm pat duckworth women's health strategist and host of the hot women rock radio show empowering women leaders at menopause join me every thursday at 10 a.m eastern time 3 p.m uk time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 